0: Lob Talk Radio. Lob Talk Radio. One day when the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out. Oh, one day when the war is.
1: no man no
2: weapon formed against just glory his destiny. every day women and men become blessings since it go against our skin become blessings the
1: movement is a rhythm to us freedom is like religion of us good evening everybody and welcome to all you need to know radio i am john hollywood your host and tonight we come with you with a very special show It is going to be mainly hosted by our amazing co-host, Will Cobb, and we are going to be discussing racism in America with our special guest panel, Hamilton A. Sneed, Denise Malloy, uh, Keith Manroy, excuse me, to discuss race relations in America today. We invite you guys to sit back and listen and be educated by people that are dealing with this straight up in their lives, and for me, I'm ready to listen and be educated, as All You Need to Know Radio starts right now.
0: And up, shots, be on the ground, the camera panned up, king pointed to the mountaintop, and we ran up. One day, when the glory comes.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to All You Need to Know Radio, and Will, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, John Hollywood, how are you doing? I'm doing I'm great. great. I'm really looking forward to tonight's show. It's going to be very, uh, education, very educational, and I'm ready to listen and hear some thoughtful conversation between our panel and our guest and yourself. So I'm going to let you Well, I- go ahead. Take it away, right? Well, I need to know the last four digits of the phone number of who's going to be the first guest. <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I gave them our number. They're waiting on I see. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people on the. Hang on. I'm going to tell you that right now. All right. And then we're going to bring them on. So, guys, once again, if you're just joining us, this is All You Need to Know Radio Crisis in America and Peaceful Protesters Tear Gassed by President Trump. We're all for a photo op tonight. We are discussing racism in America.
3: And, John, if you will just punch in 5683, we're ready to go.
1: Okay, and I'll let you take it.
3: All right. So, John, I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and talk with some community leaders here in the Dallas, Texas area who just happen to be African American, and we thought it was important to have this conversation with our friends on the show today. And the first person I'd like to introduce is a friend of mine, Hamilton Ace Need, And Hamilton is a marketing professional here in Dallas. And he's also a community leader. And his business is called um, H.A.S. Events. And what it is is an experimental and event firm based in Dallas. And he focuses mainly on nonprofit and
4: fundraising events. So, Hamilton, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Will. I'm I'm glad to be here, and thank you, John, for having me. Well, we're delighted to have you. Absolutely, so, sir. Welcome Hamilton. to the show. Glad to have
1: you.
3: I wanted to open up with you right off the bat, and I'm just going to go to the heart of it right here. You know, we saw a, an African-American jogger get shot in the neighborhood as he was running, and then, of course, we saw George Floyd. Literally eight minutes being murdered. And I was wondering what, I mean, just like the rest of America, what was your reaction when you're
4: watching all of this? Um, Well, you know, George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey are not the only ones um, who have had this tragedy happen to them. Um, But I was and I still am horrified that this is still happening day in and day out in our country. Um, what it says for me is that over the past 400-plus years, this old issue is still prevalent today um, and that racism still exists um, and that issues with police training and justice, the justice system in and of itself needs significant work. The difference, though, I think, um, and, and how we're all feeling is that the murder of George floyd um, and Ahmad Aubrey and several others over the last few years, has been filmed, which is then taking the veil of racism um, off, and it's been removed. That, coupled with other political climate things going on as as I'm sure everybody knows, makes people tired, including myself. Um I'm tired of having to defend myself. I am uh, tired of having to fear be fearful. Uh, of walking out the front door and having what um, happened to Ahmad and Brianna and Trayvon Martin and George Floyd and so many others happen to me. So, you know, it's, it, it makes me terrified to leave my house, but um, I am hopeful that with what's going on now in conversations like tonight, um, change is going to happen.
3: And when you find, I mean, when you see these kind of things and you're talking about somebody who is terrified to leave the house, you know, and worried about, you know, how people are going to treat you or if you're, what's going to happen to you in a traffic stop. So I kind of wanted to touch a little bit about, you know, what it's like being an African American man living in the United States.
4: Well, let me say this. Um, Racism is not just in the U.S. Um, It is. Everywhere It crosses the ocean. Uh, we are talking about things that are happening mainly here in the U.S., but I uh, was listening to a, um, uh, an Instagram story today of a friend of mine who lives in, in the U.K. where I used to live for a few years, and he explained and expressed um, a situation that happened to him in a Chelsea neighborhood um, where he couldn't get a cab. So um, this happens every day. Uh, for me, it's from the moment I wake up regardless of the fact that I grew up in a middle-class family uh, where my father was a lawyer, my mother was a teacher and social worker. Um, I went to private schools and public schools. I have two degrees, all of these things. Um, And I have a successful business that I run and I started. But for me, driving down the street through certain neighborhoods, if I get pulled over, um, my thought is what might happen to me. uh, Every time I walk into a room um, and get stares or looks of what is he doing here from and I had this happen to me not too long ago, walking into a luxury retailer and being followed. I was asked if I needed help once, twice, three times by the same person who continued to follow me. So it's those types of experiences that we go through every day, um, you know, even the smallest of things, and it's really not a small thing because it's a big thing to me, is, you know, walking by um, an old white lady and she clinches her handbag. That is the kind of stuff that as a black man I have to deal with every day in addition to being a business owner. So you couple that on top of business and having to compete with um, other, for for my profession, other event planners um, and other individuals and vendors and having to prove myself even more. When I walk out the door, it is three times, four times, five times, 10 times harder for me to get certain jobs. because A, I'm not even given the time of day. I'm not given the opportunity, or B, when I walk in the room, that's the first thing that people see. Um, And I don't want to say that this has happened uh, or this is happening with my current clients that I have, but I do want to say that this has been my experience over the last 10, 15, 20 years of me owning my business is that I have to go through this challenge every day. Um, And it's something that we all as black men and black women, business owners um, and individuals have to um, have to overcome um And we have to live with every single day so, and
3: and I think I'm accurate here. You're saying that people who are not necessarily white or, or or do a better presentation may get the time of day or the job just because they're white.
4: Yes, you may not be as That'd qualified be as I am. You may not speak as eloquently as I do, but there are times and there have been times when I will walk into a room and I will be looked at and treated differently. I may not get as long of a time as certain individuals, um, or I may not even be allowed to present or to be even given the opportunity to present. Because in the day and age that we live in, you can Google and Facebook and do all of these things, so you could look me up already and see who I am. Um, but if you, even if you don't do that, there are times and there have been times where um, jobs or opportunities had just basically passed me by and I have been probably more qualified than most to get them. But it just happens to be that the color of my skin is black and I don't get it.
3: You mentioned, you know, worrying and being concerned when you actually go out in the street and worried about, you know, certain neighborhoods or if you're pulled over and, you know, We're we're certainly right now talking about police reaction to African-American men. I don't know if you saw there was a SMU professor who talked about doing the exact same thing George Floyd did, and he spent a night in jail and said, well, my whole thing about that now is it's a dinner party conversation. I didn't die. So I understand that it must be absolutely terrifying as an African-American man, especially in the police environment, to be pulled over or to be Stopped for a crime or even to be accused of a crime What I'm curious is you're seeing a lot Of especially the right news Say well there's some Bad eggs in the police department You know it's but it's certainly not I, I think one of Trump's people just said The other day that it was certainly not uh, Systemic in the system And you know it was just a couple of bad eggs And I'd really like to hear what you
4: think on that but. You know um, When people Say there's there's you know, if not everybody, um, I think there's a lot of changes that need to happen, um, and there's things that need to take place when we, we have these conversations. Um, and when people say, you know, it's, it's that one or two people or, you know, it's the, not that many bad eggs and, and all of those things, well, those bad eggs need to be retrained. They need to be removed. They shouldn't be there to begin with. The police um, and the justice system are there to serve and protect. Um, and there are things that they are there to do. Um, They are not there to be judge and jury, Um, you know, especially from a police standpoint, um, you know, there was a new campaign that was just launched today, um, and it talks about the eight steps that should be taken before, um, you know, from a cop standpoint or from a police standpoint. So there are things that are happening, I think, that will move the country forward, but part of that. Um, is some things that need to happen now, which is people voting, and those things are only going to change from a local and state standpoint, and national government has to um, be informed and be helpful, but a lot of those changes, especially when we're talking about police and police brutality and and those things, um, come in at a local and national level and people really being able to understand that they have to get out, they have to vote, um, and you've got to hold those elected officials accountable.
3: Well, and I know, John Hollywood, you want to chime in right here and talk about the fact that, folks, you got to vote.
1: Absolutely. I mean, ha- Hamilton, hearing what you're saying is educating me, and I'm learning so much. And I'm so
4: sorry that you're
1: going through this, sir.
4: Um, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, and and I I appreciate you guys having me on because I think this is an important topic. But let me say this about this voting piece of the puzzle because we keep telling people to vote and that is one piece of the voting puzzle. I like to call it. Um, we need people to help register people to vote and we need people to go into neighborhoods, um, predominantly black neighborhoods or underserved neighborhoods and make sure that people are a registered to vote irregardless of what your political views are, We need people to be registered to vote and feel like they are comfortable enough to do it and know that they can. And then, B, they need to go back into those neighborhoods and also make sure that people are taking them to the polls. Because it's one thing to be registered. It's another thing to get to the polls and actually do the voting. And then it's absolutely another thing just to tell people to go and vote. Because a lot of people feel like they can't get out there. They don't know where to go. They're afraid to go and vote. They don't also think that their voice is going to be heard if they do vote. And that's what we really need people to understand is that, yes, your voice and your vote will count if you're registered and if you go and do it. And we need to make sure that it's accessible for everybody to do that.
1: Absolutely. And for everybody's knowledge out there, I was reading that the Democratic Party itself has raised $60 million within the last 48 hours with all of this going on. People are ready to stand up and fight. And that music right there, guys, needs to take a break. You're listening to All You Need to Know Radio with our co-host, Will Cobb, and very special guest, Hamilton A. Sneed. Guys, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
5: I don't have to pay for medicine, housing, food. It's just amazing to just raise money for such a cause. We're helping children.
0: Thank Thank you. you. It's
5: a great cause. Home, I go to smartsign.com.
0: I order fantastic safety signs and labels. Glow in the dark signs. I got great bathroom signs. You can even order custom signs. Mom's got to lay down the law. SmartSign, America's top online sign retailer. Use offer code YouTube10 for 10% off products at SmartSign.com through December 31st.
2: Less than two years ago, mortgage rates were between 55 and, and 6%. Do you know right now mortgage rates are nearly half of that? You can call TexasFunding.com and may be able to drop your mortgage rate in half call 972-387-4600 or go online and apply with TexasLending.com if you save just 1% on a $240,000 mortgage loan you may save up to $200 every month in interest apply that savings towards your mortgage pay it off faster call TexasLending.com today 972-387-4600 we won the consumer's choice award for the last 13 years call right now talk with a live person for a free quote
0: 972-387-4600 texaslending.com, you think mortgage, think TexasLending.com. 4100 alpha road suite 300 dallas texas 75244 and the mallus number 137773 equal housing lender
5: we know that we're asking americans to do a lot right now so we're asking everyone to be selfless for others so that we can protect those who are most susceptible to this virus.
0: A question I often get asked is, why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus?
4: Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest
0: risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. Social distancing is really physical separation of people.
5: It's what we refer to when we ask people to stay at least
0: six feet apart. Not going to bars, not going to restaurants, not going to theaters, there are a lot of people. It all just means physical separation so that you have a space between you and others who might actually be infected or infect you.
2: We all have a role to play in preventing person-to-person spread of this disease, which can be deadly for vulnerable groups. For more information on how you can social distance,
0: please go to (laughs) coronavirus.gov.
1: Everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host John Hollywood, and with our co-host Will Cobb and our special guest Hamilton A. Sneed, we'll take it away.
3: Okay, thank you, John Hollywood. So, Hamilton, here's something I really am very interested to hear your perspective on. And by the way, right before I do that, a big shout out to our producer Maureen Vanderpool. But now back to you, Hamilton. Um, so. <laughs> Recently I just saw Trump in the newspaper Said I have done more And by the way I'm going to quote him I have done more for black people Than any other president And I would love your perspective on that
0: <laughs> I can't help but laugh <laughs> for that one uh, uh, um,
4: I, I, I have no words Um. Uh, Pretty egotistical, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, 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 I have no words. I mean, there, the the fact that he would let those words come out of his mouth or that someone wrote those words for him or whatever happened, in my opinion, um, it speaks volumes of who he is and that he thinks very highly of himself considering the situation that we are in right now. It took him over a week to say something about um, George Floyd, um, of which early on in last week he had a, I don't know, two-minute phone call where he didn't listen to George Floyd's family at all and wouldn't let them speak. Um, So it's very hard for me to say that he's done more for black people um, it's Since he's been president the last four years Than anyone else Because Obama was in office for eight years And I can list a thousand things that he's done And there were so many other people That came before him that have done things So I, 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 there are no words for that one
3: So we know We all know That Joe Biden has a tendency To make an occasional gap Not nearly as many as Trump obviously But he does make an occasional gap And the other day he said Well if you you know if you're not if you don't vote if you vote for Trump you're 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 not black or something to that effect very very quickly so i'd be curious what you would say to other african american voters about the choice here
4: well i mean i'm always a, a proponent of you have a choice of who you want to vote for so if you are if you want to vote for trump vote for trump if you want to vote for joe biden vote for joe biden Um, But I think what you need to do when you're making that choice is to really think about the decisions that these individuals have made over the course of their political careers. You have to think about um, the choices uh, that they have made and how they have affected you personally, professionally, and everything in between. You have to think about how they are representing you um, across the country um, and to the public. Um, And you have to make the best informed decision that you possibly can. Um, I don't want to tell someone how, you know, I I don't like when people tell me how to plan an event, so I don't want to tell someone else how to vote, but I do want to make sure that they have all the tools, resources, education uh, necessary to do and make the best decision possible. Um, I want to make sure that they have the facts because that's the most important thing, and then make that decision for their own. I don't want to say that someone is less black or more black because they decide to to vote for um, someone or someone else. Um, and, and anyone else for that matter. So I think you need to make the, the most informed decision of of who you want to vote for. Now, that's all I can say on that one. And what Joe Biden actually but, said was
1: you ain't black if you vote for Trump. And what I would like to add <laughs> on to this, Hamilton, <laughs> and uh, what I'd like to get Hamilton's opinion on is, <laughs> exactly, is that um, – if you're going to vote for Trump, then be ready to say who he is and who it makes you. If you vote for a man like that, wouldn't you agree with that?
4: I would say be ready to defend your 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 choice. Um, and when things don't work out in your favor, don't say that it's everyone else's fault. Um, you know, you you make a choice, you have to stick with that choice. If you choose to change your mind later on down the line, that's your prerogative and i know there are a lot of people who are regretting the choices they made um, almost four years ago um so yeah i think you you have to be prepared to defend that decision um but that decision then also has to come with you know you understanding exactly what you're getting into
3: so hamilton before i ask kind of i know we've got another commercial coming up and you and i before we ever went on the air talked about a few things you wanted to discuss so i have a kind of an all-encompassing last question but i did want to tell everybody who's listening i have been to an has event and nobody does it like hamilton so if you are looking for an event <laughs> planner that's what that's i heard Guy to call and hamilton i'll be happy for you at the very last if you'd like to leave your uh, corporate information and we'll put it on our website so people can contact you for events okay so here's my la- so here's my last question so it has gotten really complex in the news with people on every side pointing and saying, well, these protests are now looters and rioters. And of course, we know, and John wanted to, John Hollywood really wanted to bring this point up in front of the White House. So you and I talked about it. So I want you to talk a little bit about what you think everyone on all sides needs to know about protesting, about what we can do to make. This a better situation and a more just
4: world. Are we going to commercial now, or or, or is this going to be? Oh no, a no, you're you're on,
3: you're on. Sorry, I just I, I wanted to get this question in before we went to commercial.
1: No, sir, you okay. have the floor. So,
0: <laughs> so I think there
4: are there are many things that can be done, and there's a lot on social media right now. There's a lot in the general media. There's a lot everywhere that people can read um, and things that people can do. But I think there are. Um, Four key things, um, and I'll try to summarize these as quickly as possible, but um, the first thing is to educate yourself. Listen and ask questions. So when we say that, we say educate yourself about the issues. Uh, Become knowledgeable about them and actively seek change in your daily actions and interactions because the more you know, the more you can speak up and speak intelligently to your friends and those around you. So that, that includes reading books such as um, Me and White Supremacy, Beloved, uh, Fences. There's a book called The New Jim Crow. Uh, there's also a book called The Hate You Give. So read these books and others. Um, educate yourself. That also includes, because there's a lot of folks who don't read or don't like to read, so watch some black movies. And, and when I say watch black movies, I'm not talking about the comedic or action movies. I'm talking about the movies that tell you the stories of oppression that tell you the stories of the black experience. And the black experience is not the cultural experience that you see in dancing and movies and music and all of that. I'm talking about the experience I shared earlier. I'm talking about the tragic experiences that black people face every day. So that's in movies um, by Ava DuVernay, such as When They See Us, which is on Netflix, which tells the story of the Central Park Five. I'm sure everybody, or hopefully everybody's familiar with those five juveniles who were wrongly accused of rape because of the color of their skin. Um, there's a movie called 13, which talks more about the justice system. Uh, there's a story called American Sun, which features Carrie Washington, which tells the story of an interracial couple. Carrie obviously, is black, who's waiting on – Uh, the news about her son in the police station in Florida. Uh, There's another one called Watchmen, which is a nine-part drama, which is really good people should watch, focused on racial violence in Tulsa, which actually happens to be where I went to get my undergrad degree. Um, So, Watch those movies. You can still watch all the other ones. You can watch uh, Pose, Insecure, Dear White People, all the comedic ones, the entertainment ones, because they have value as well. But educate yourself in that manner. And then once you watch those movies and read those books, have the hard conversation that I think people have been afraid to have and hopefully are having now. Um, and include your black friends in that conversation. Invite them to your book clubs and everything else that you have, because there's no way you can have a conversation without talking to the people that have experienced what you've seen and what you've read. So that's the first thing is to educate yourself. Um, the, the second piece to that is to speak up and ask questions. It's okay to be afraid to speak up, but now is the time to speak up, and we need to ask ourselves the hard questions to get to the real answers. And then you, when you speak, you can use your voice, which will be, her, which will be heard. Um, we also need to hold our friends accountable. Um, it's not my place to correct your friends. And oftentimes I'm not going to be in the room. So you have to think about the next time that person tells that quote-unquote joke or says.
1: I think we lost Hamilton. He'll call back in here in just a second. What are you saying is so true, though, don't you you think, Will? I mean, educate yourself. Watch movies.
3: Education.
1: Uh, yeah. There's the another
3: is, great one.
1: Hold on, I sorry. think we have got him back. Okay, sorry
4: guys, I had a little there technical go, difficulty.
1: Okay. No problem. Um, go ahead. So
4: I was saying, you know, when you when you're in that room and these folks are saying those people and using those words, those are the words that is learned behavior which is racist, and you need to call your friends out on it. Don't ignore what's going on because being silent means that you agree with it. Um, and for those folks that are listening that have a platform, you need to use your voice. But I'm, I'm going to say something that a lot of my friends have been telling me and that I've heard and that I've said as well, is that doesn't mean posting MLK and Malcolm X and Black Voices quotes on your Instagram or your Facebook page, because me, trust me, I already know those quotes. I see those quotes. I live those quotes. I've read those quotes when I was growing up. I get that. What we need from you is we need for you to feel those words. We need for you to know that you understand those words, and then we need you to take action. So that's signing a petition, joining a peaceful protest, helping create content that changes minds, and not just doing it on Blackout Tuesday, which was a couple of days ago, but really doing it intentionally and then, and and speaking up You know, we we get a Black History Month, which actually happens to only be um, the the shortest days out of the year. It's in February. So speaking up more consistently and regularly and not being afraid to do that. The third thing thing is voting, which I've already talked about, um, and making sure that people feel like they can vote, helping people get out there to register to vote, and then taking them to the polls. That's the only way that a lot of this change, especially from these protests, is going to change. The final thing I'll say is buy black, and that is intentionally spending your dollars with the black community. So that means making a conscious effort to spend a percentage of your income with black-owned businesses. There's a challenge now that I've seen on social media called the 15% challenge, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen. That challenge is really talking to your large-scale retailers such as Target and Walmart about shelf space. Um, and the buying power of black folks, but also the fact that we represent 15 million people in the population. and we need to at least account for 15% of that um, buying power on the shelves. But that also is a challenge, especially you know when I think about where I live here locally, there are small retail stores, small grocery stores. We all know them, those folks listening from Dallas. put some black businesses, at least 15% of them on your shelves because that is then going to be supporting buying black. Because when I go to your store, I'm going to be looking for those black businesses. The next time you think about going to brunch or lunch or dinner or whatever with your friends, think about choosing a black-owned restaurant. Um, and, And for selfish reasons, the next time you're thinking about an event planner, think about hiring black. Think about hiring a black event planner such as myself, finding a black vendor that's an, uh, a DJ or a florist, um, and don't use the excuse because I this bothers me when people say, well, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to look. In the day and age that we are in, you can use Google. You can ask Siri. You can ask your friends. There are options and resources, and all you have to do is Google black business for what you need. Black business, event planner, black florist, whatever. There are tons of lists and there are lists being created now. There's also a website called webuyblack.com. You can visit any of your chambers of commerce which have lists. Um, So there are tons of ways that you can buy black. And the the other piece to that puzzle is collaboration and partnership and being open to that. I spoke with a very good friend of mine this week who I've connected with another black business, and they are already in conversation about collaborating. Um, the final thing I'll say from a nonprofit standpoint, because I have to, um, to bring in my nonprofit folks, so because this is where I, I spend a lot of my time in buying black, is that there are tons of black nonprofits that have been started by individuals that are either black themselves, they're black founded, black-led and you can support them. Think about when you're making your budget and you're deciding who you're going to give your um, extra income to or that next charity event that you want to go to, what causes can you get in front of? Because that's another way that you can buy black. I was on a, um, I watched a Facebook Live this week uh, with the daughter of the late Reginald Lewis who wrote the incredible book that everyone needs to read, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? And she said – Uh, Something that I thought was very interesting um, is that there is a huge gap in the nonprofit sector when it comes to funding for black-led and black-owned and black-founded nonprofits. Um, And today I got an email from the Dallas Foundation, who's based here in Dallas, and they sent out an incredible email about supporting uh, the nonprofits that are black-led, such as Paul Quinn College. So you're talking about your HBCUs. Um, and their endowments, that's another way that you can buy black. Um, We talk about uh, Fort O'Cliff, Cliff, um, Bonton Farms, there's the Dallas Black Dance Theater, which is award-winning. So think about ways that you can support other nonprofits, not just your cancer nonprofit, not just your, um, you know, theater or your um, music nonprofit. Think strategically and intentionally about spending your money, whether it's for profit or nonprofit with black, the black community, because it's only going to have the dollars continue to share and spread wealth within the black community, which creates jobs, which creates economic wealth, which creates change, which then means that we will not be having these conversations, hopefully in 20, 30, 40 years from now because those things would have been done.
1: Well, Hamilton, let me just say, thank you so so much for all of this education tonight. I mean, I have learned so much. I am definitely going to buy whack, and and I have businesses here myself. I would like to probably talk to you off-air about things we could do, but thank you so much for joining us and bringing your expertise and just your amazing insight to All You Need to Know Radio tonight. You're welcome to come back at any time.
4: Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Thank and then we'll you, so will much. you were we do need to take a quick break
1: okay all right everybody so this is all you need to know radio this is Miley Cyrus the climb we have special guest Hamilton sneed on with us and when you come when we come back we have two other special guests that will be joining us will Cobb our amazing co-host will be t- still head in the chair don't touch that dial we'll be right back
0: Take off with the You're like most people You've been forced to stay in the past by your energy provider Trapped in a fixed rate contract you really don't understand Paying a bill that can be more of a shock Than getting struck by lightning Think about it You don't even know what type of energy you're using Or when rates inflate or when they plunge or the fact your energy provider's variable price only varies based on how much pain they think you can take before switching. All of the control is this them, leaving you in the dark. You see, the actual cost of energy goes up and down and changes every 15 minutes. And yet, your energy provider charges you the same fixed rate all the time. Now, if they set it somewhere around here It might be an okay deal, but they set it up here. And if the price of energy drops, they pay less while you continue to pay the same fixed rate up here. Oh, and let's not forget all those little add-on fees with names you can't understand. So what you pay is oftentimes a lot more than what they pay. But we decided to change that. All of it. It's time to go great. Pretty connections directly to the actual price of energy, bypassing the middleman. You're charged only what it costs to produce and transport your energy. There's no confusing price plans, no markup, and no fixed contracts. All you to the song here in my heart a melody asked but can
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio and our special edition, Crisis in America, Peaceful Protesters, Gassed, Tear Gassed by President Trump. And let's turn this show back over to Will Cobb. We have two more special guests joining us. Will, take it away. Hey, John, I got to tell you, I'm loving your music tonight. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I've been thinking very thoughtfully about you with it.
3: So I'm going to introduce two very close friends of mine, Keith and Denise Minoy. And Keith and Denise are activists in town, but they're also really well known for owning a really fabulous clothing boutique in Bishop Arts called Indigo 1745. I get a lot of clothes there. I hope you guys will look it up. We're going to put it on our website to show you their their store so you can go and visit. Hey, Keith. Hey, Denise.
5: Hi. How are you? Hey, Will. Good. How are you, darling?
3: Hey,
1: guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank thank you, John. thank you for
5: having us.
3: question I want to ask you both, and I'll throw it first to Keith. Keith, you know, we're talking about, you know, as I introduced you, I said very close friends of mine. And, you know, so many people who are not African-American are, you know, horrified by what's going on in the country and are trying to support you the best way. But I'm going to ask you, what is something – that we who are not African Americans don't know that we should know about the experience to be better allies. What
2: well, don't you know? Well, that's 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 an interesting question because, you know, for somebody who lives this every day, the the idea that people don't know is is, is a little baffling. But, you know, the reality is because I've done some work in diversity and. You know we have unconscious biases that we don't even realize, and you don't necessarily know what you don't know and don't know what you're doing. So what I, you know, what I would always suggest is just step, take a step back and look at really what um, is going on in your heart and head and and why you have these biases. Because you know a very a, a very simple question, very easy way to break this down is ask yourself why aren't you treating other people the way you would like to be treated. Something very basic that we that we're taught early on, treat people like you want to be treated. Why aren't you doing that? And, and if you can't answer that, and if you don't know that you're not treating people the way you should be treated, that's where you start. Um, you know, because I, our experience, it's, it's not new. It's, it's been going on forever. People can uh, point to and people, meaning black people, and, and, and even white, Latinos, all, all sort of people can, can point to experiences in their life where they've had a negative experience. And we just, as African Americans, have had probably more than most. So, Denise,
3: you know, one of the things that concerns me the most is I was thinking about this the other day, and I actually said something on one of my own Facebook posts and it really strikes me as i know you guys have children it must literally be terrifying raising children knowing that if they get pulled over some terrible things could happen for no reason
5: it is but it's every it's it's something that every mother knows that she has to go through it's what the family knows it's it uh you know people have said uh, you know, recently you see all sorts of things posted. Oh, you have to sit down and have a conversation with your child like you're having a conversation about the birds and the bees. It, this is a conversation that actually has to start when they're younger. I mean, it starts like you know, when you tell your child, oh, don't touch that, it's hot. That's when that conversation starts, and that, that conversation builds up to, to, to what it is. Uh, for instance, my grandson, he wants to wear his hoodie. We don't let him wear his hoodie. He can wear it, but he can't put the hoodie up. You know, he's like, why Why not? My friends have it, but you can't because you might be perceived as a threat. Um, he's only nine years old, but he's...
1: Yes, ma'am, go ahead. We can hear you.
5: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's he's only nine years old, but he's almost as tall as I am. So if someone sees him, they're going to... They'll look at him and think he's older than what he is. They won't look at his face. If you look at any person's face, it's easy to tell how old they are, um, but you have to take the time to do that. And so those are, yeah, those are fears. It, it, it's, it's, an everyday, it's an everyday fear that you live with, and you pray all the time.
1: So you do, you, Denise, do, you do have children, is that correct?
5: I have uh, I have a grandson and a daughter. Yes.
1: Do you mind if I ask what you said to them about George Floyd, the situation?
5: Well, my daughter is, is 30 years old, almost 30 years old. So she, the conversations that we've had have been on a, a whole other level. Uh, the conversations with uh, my grandson uh, at, at nine, he – he, I mean, he saw, he saw part of the video. I mean, he, he knows. And uh, uh, it, it, I, I don't know how to say it. It's something that, unfortunately, it, it's, we've seen it time and time again. It's, for us, it's just, a, okay, here we go again. And like Hamilton was saying, the main difference is, we are now getting to have it videotaped and seen. Uh, you know, I grew up with my, my parents and my grandparents telling me, be careful of this, watch this. This has happened in the past. We've had Emma Till's. We've had, you know, all of these situations where they knew of neighbors and family that, that got killed by the, by the police. And back then, even the Ku Klux Klan, because they were widely known uh, uh, when my grandmother uh, lived where she lived in Alabama. Um, so for for us, it's it's nothing that we haven't talked about before. Um, it's just now that it's being seen, and it, as Hamilton said, it is it's triggering for a lot of people. I found that it's something that you you tend to kind of stuff down into a little part of yourself because you can't do anything about it, and when you actually see it happening in front of you you it, it it, it's like it's like it's like I knew it I knew it I knew it and now I'm seeing it and and it just it it hurts it it, it's very hurtful thank and, you and so, so much for family, sharing that yeah our thank family's you for hurting so much sharing
1: yeah. that so guys we're going to skip our commercial break because I feel like this is more important than any commercials we're going to play and we're going to just keep going. So, Will, you have the floor. And uh, Denise and Keith, thank you so much for sharing your stories and educating us. And we're listening. I want you to know we are listening.
5: No, thank you. Wow,
3: wow John Hollywood. You actually made me tear up there for a second, <laughs> handling the commercial just so we could continue this conversation. <laughs> thank you so much for doing that, John. I did. I teared up. So I have a, I'm going to have a follow-up question here with both of you. So because – and this is going to be a tougher question – because you guys, as African-American parents, have to literally train your children not to wear hoodies, which, of course, I don't think about that. I don't worry about getting shot when I'm jogging or killed by the police. How – and maybe if we can come up with a tiny answer here before we move on to the next question, and this isn't a simple question, but how – on Earth, are you able to raise your own children not to hate everybody else that they need to be afraid of?
2: So I, I, I don't think either one of us were raised to hate, um, and 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 if you yes, ask most African American families, we we weren't raised to hate. We all know it's something that we've had to deal with, um, and you know, life is not fair. We probably understand that more more than most. Uh you and Denise said it earlier, you 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 bury it deeply. And you know, the the phrase um, I can't breathe, it was related to a very specific moment in time, but honestly for the last four hundred years from the, the time that the first slave stepped off the ship, you hold your breath. You hold your breath waiting to to see what hammer is coming on your head. You hold your breath to, you know, as you, as Hamilton says, you walk into a store. We have been holding our breaths for so long that now people are, it's time to exhale. It is time for us to let it out, and we're not holding our breaths any longer. So it's, and that's not from a place of hate. That's from a place of survival. That's from a place of, it's time for my kids, my grandkids to be able to just to live, just to live Like anybody else, it shouldn't be a privilege to live, it's their right to live.
5: So, I I, I would have to say, I agree.
3: Anything else you've got on that, Denise? Please go.
5: No, 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 go ahead.
1: No, come on, Denise. I hear it in your voice. You're trying to say something. Go (laughs) ahead. Please do. Listen to the host. He's the
5: host. So I, I, so I, I, my background is a little bit different than, than my husband's and Keith's. Uh, my father was in the military, so I was raised on bases. Uh, and I was raised, you know, on the military base, the, the status was what your father was. Uh, is he a sergeant? You know, is he an NCO or an officer? That, that was the status. But everybody was all together. So my my take on it was, and always is, is, i I take everyone, uh, you know, face by face, person by person. it's It's what I do. It's what I was taught. i I know that people are people, and you can meet the same people over and over again, but but that I, I just wish that others would just do the same when they saw my face. Take you know, take me as I am, learn who I am first, and then you can decide. You don't have to like everybody. I get it. But don't like me because of maybe my personality. Maybe you don't like my voice. Uh, but just don't, don't assume and not like me because of the color of my skin. Let's that, that, that all just start on a level playing field. And that's really all is, all anyone has ever asked is just treat us, treat us like everyone else, like you would treat your best friend just starting out. You know, and then you can decide from there.
3: And, you know, I can certainly attest to that because when you saw me the first time, you said, oh, you're a little crazy. I like you. (laughs) I love
5: crazy. I'm sorry.
3: I'm more crazy than he is. (laughs) 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 So, So I want to get into this real quick, guys, because there's a double whammy for you guys. And that is you guys are business owners and had to board up your own store the other day to protect it from looters who are using peaceful protests to stir up problems. And so what I'm really curious about, and Keith, you and I talked about a little before in our pre-interview, what you think about the different factions and what you think we need to do, because as John, Hollywood is just outraged. And, you know, if if we had not done this special show talking to you guys, we would have really just talked about the fact that gasped peaceful protesters. So I'd like your take on the protests and – what you think about the other sides coming in and messing it all up?
2: Well, it, it's it's just uh, it's just another uh, tool to cause division. I mean, you know, people we've been having peaceful protests for for you know decades, um, and the and oftentimes they you know it may start a conversation, but the conversation. Uh, doesn't really go anywhere. I fundamentally believe that this time out, you know, the conversation will go somewhere. Um and the the peaceful protesters, you you have to support them. I I I definitely support those guys. I, you know, it's it's what we all should be doing. What's happening though is you have these factions of folks who who for whatever reasons, you know, and 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 it's a much longer conversation what their reasons may be. But for whatever reason, you know, give these protesters a bad name in so many cases, because I guarantee you the destruction that downtown Dallas saw, those peaceful protesters did not just all of a sudden lose their minds and start, you know, uh, vandalizing and and booting and, uh, you know, throwing stuff at cops. And that was initiated by by some groups. Um, and I, I can't tell you who those groups are, uh but, you know, there's definitely anecdotal evidence that suggests uh, that other things are going on. And so for, for, for that, you know, you're angry about that part. I mean, because under normal circumstances, I mean, there would be no need to think we needed to protect our property. Um, in this particular case, you just didn't know what was happening. After you have two days left, you you, you think, you know, what's the prudent thing to do? And when you, you know, you put considerable amount of your savings into to opening a business and, and making it uh, try to make it successful, you want to try to protect that.
3: One of the things that I find very interesting, and I'm going to ask the same question because I know John Hollywood loves this kind of question, and I'm going to ask you guys <laughs> the same question I asked Hamilton. I, I got to ask the same question I asked Hamilton. Trump the other day said <laughs> he had done more for black people than any president <laughs> ever, so I'd love to hear your take on that. And especially Denise, because here's the shocking thing: coronavirus has hit the African American community harder than anyone, and it doesn't seem like a lot's being done. I
5: I, I am like uh, Hamilton uh, to find the words for that. It, it's it's very difficult, uh, given uh, all the other you know presidents in the past that we've had uh, that have it, you know and. And my point of view done way more in harsher circumstances. I think uh, I just I, I I I'm 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 with him. It's just it's hard to to, to find those words. You just you're I'm incredulous. i I just I can't I cannot believe he he said it, but he did.
2: So what I'll add to that is. You know, not every African American is gonna think the same way, gonna do the same thing. So I'm gonna speak for this African American. I don't know what he's done for me, um, and, it, and if I have to um, sum up his his comments, that comment, I would just say it's inconsequential. I mean, it, it, there's nothing behind it. So move on.
1: So hey, guys, can I ask you a question likely. real quick? How do you guys feel, and if you, Denise, you can start, do you feel like the the way that things are being negotiated, the way the peaceful protesters are talking with the police and uh, George uh, Floyd's family are talking with everybody, do you feel like this is actually going to mean something this time, or is it just going to be the same old thing in a couple weeks?
5: I am hopeful that it will mean something this time because – I And, unfortunately, I have to go off my feeling with this. Um, it, it, this feels a little bit different. There are definitely more people um, that are stopping and going, wait, uh, I need to listen, and more people that are willing to listen. Strangely enough, I think that the reason why more people are willing to listen and the reason why this might be different is because of coronavirus. If we had not been in our homes, glued to our TVs and our social media, the number of people that actually got a chance to see this would have been less. It would have been glossed over because we would have been busy going around our daily lives and it would have, might have gotten lost in the next news feed like it has in the past. But because we have seen that the coronavirus has disproportionately affected brown and black people, um, and we've, we've, you know, people, we've talked about food deserts, we've talked about, um, uh, you know, the, the illnesses that black and brown people have, and now you see this, it's just one on top of the other, made everybody get on and protest. It, it's the same reason why I think people are, are listening and willing to have this, the conversation that we're having, those hard conversations um, that we may not have been willing to have in the past, um, and and by me, I mean I as an I mean me. I mean I probably would not have had this conversation in the past. It's it's things that we hold in and we just don't we don't talk about it. Um, so I think you'll find more people talking about it if if you're willing to listen. So I I do. I think this is a different different situation.
3: Isn't he making America great? Keith, <laughs> uh,
1: could you add on to that force, please?
2: <laughs> so guys, um, be- the. Go ahead, go ahead, Keith. No, I was gonna say you know honestly there there's not a lot to add to 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 what denise says i i I do feel like this is different, and really, for the reasons that she says that there have been more people reaching out, more people genuinely wanting this to be a better world and and that's evidenced by you know it's not just happening in the United States, it's happening all over the world uh, and, and many other places. And, you know, what, this one lady, and, and I, I, I forget the city she was in. It might have been Palm Springs or some some small California town. Uh, she was 90-something years old, and she was a lone protester. She was by herself. But, you know, it resonated enough for her to come out, to stand on the corner with her sign. so, you know, I, I do think this is way more meaningful than it's ever been before
3: so we have about a minute left before we have to wrap it up and again i want to remind folks that keith and denise manoy own one of my favorite shops in all of dallas indigo 1745 and they are they have some great uh, coronavirus uh, procedures in the store and they were kind of innovative with that. so <clears throat> excuse me so go to indigo 1745's website look at our our, our site later and and find their link and Patronize their business because I tell you what, I buy a lot of clothes there, don't I, Denise? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, you do. I can see that we'll. Like in will.
3: I can see we'll like that actually.
0: <laughs> so, in the last <laughs>
3: minute, guys, in the last minute, what do we, as a world, and what do we, as a people, need to do to really come together? What do you think? What what's, What What do we got to do here?
2: I would say you you take a strong look at yourself, look in your heart and look in your heart and in your mind, and and see where you are as a person. Because Hamilton said said a lot, so try not to just keep repeating ourselves. But you know, challenge your friends, challenge yourself, look at your biases, and 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 ask yourself why. And once you start to to answer those questions, you can fundamentally start to do a better job and dealing with everybody else.
1: All right, guys. Well, let me tell you once again, thank you so much, Denise and Keith, for joining us tonight and educating yep. us. And once again, we are listening. And Thank uh, we're, you, John. You can, absolutely, you. guys. You're both also welcome to come back at any time. And with that, guys, we are out thank of time. You. We want to say special thank you to Hamilton A. Sneed for being a special guest and Denise, Am I, man, or am I saying it right, guys? Manoy. 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 Okay. And so Denise Manoy and Keith Manoy, you guys are welcome at any time. Check out their shops, guys. Also, big shout-out to our producer, Maureen Vanderpool, and our co-host, Will Cobb. Mm. All right, guys. With that, every thank day, you. Thanks, Will. Thank you guys so much. Every day, right, get up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what have you done today to make yourself feel proud? Step over your comfort zone, people. I invite you to listen. I invite you to learn. Because tonight, I've learned a lot. I have a lot of homework to do. This is John Hollywood with your host, Will. Good night, live from Dallas, Texas. Oh, I
0: can't hide all